You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. And it looks like we're live. I'm going to take just a second here to add in the uh, Mile High Huddle Facebook group really fast to get everybody on Facebook joined in with us. Give me just a second as I wait for green check marks across the board. We are good to go. Mile high. Hello, everybody in Broncos country, and welcome into another episode of the Dub Valley Deep Divers podcast. I'm your host, Lance Sanderson, and joining me as per usual is my good friend and colleague. He is Denver uh, Mile High Huddle Senior NFL Draft Analyst, the one and only Eric Trickle. Eric, uh, man, we're like on the doorstep of the NFL season. I mean, we're less than a week away from being able to watch actual real NFL football as the season kicks off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. The Broncos obviously have their game on Sunday at 11. That'd be Sunday, September 12th uh, at 11 o'clock Eastern uh, Mountain Time, excuse me, against the New York Giants. Are you getting excited? I'm getting pretty damn excited. I tell you what. I mean, it's actual football's back. I was excited for the preseason, being able to go and watch some of these guys as they compete for a roster spot. But now it really matters. Now is when it's the nit and gritty. Everybody's fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, even though the season's just starting, the fight starts now. And uh, after the years of losing that we've had to deal with as Bronco fans, like I'm excited and hopeful that they go out there and do better. And only time will tell what actually happens. But saying I'm excited is definitely an understatement. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, we we watched this team really reconstruct this roster over the last couple of seasons, especially this this past offseason. I mean, going out and getting multiple cornerbacks to bolster that secondary depth, obviously taking Pastor Tan in the draft. Um, they, they went and got a quarterback to compete with Drew Locke, and it, it, Teddy Bridgewater ended up winning the job. It, like, this team got a facelift massively. They've, they've re-bolstered the offensive line. They've got the defense just baring his teeth and ready to go. I mean, I don't think that I've been more optimistic or excited about a Broncos team in the last five years than for this team here like quite honestly that I I do think that the Broncos will break over 500 I think they can get double digit wins like quite honestly but it's really gonna have to go based off of what we're talking about today which is what's what does it mean for the Broncos and what does it mean for Vic Fangio if they if they don't get off to a hot start so uh before we get into that though guys uh I gotta get some matters of business out of the way here really fast you guys again are watching the Dub Valley Deep Divers podcast you can follow uh follow me on Twitter by finding me at Sanderson MHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle while you guys are at it make sure you guys are following at Mile High Huddle that is the mother account where you guys are going to find breaking news and analysis on your Denver Broncos uh, there's going to be film articles there's going to be um, opinion articles uh, just overall analysis anything Denver Broncos related that's where you're going to find it uh, Facebook supporters make sure you go to uh, facebook.com uh, slash Mile High Huddle and click that blue become a supporter button so you can get some premium content like the Trickle Zone and like Kelberman's Corner and Broncos Book Club with Chad Jensen on uh, on Sundays as well. But with that, guys, Eric, I kind of alluded to it before we got going in on this here. The, the It's no secret. The Denver Broncos have been awful in September. I mean, Shelby Harris just said it the other day in, in an interview, I believe it was a press conference, where he said, everybody knows it. We suck in September. We have to do better. Like, plain and simple, the Broncos are 0-7 in, in the past two seasons under Vic Fangio. They have to get off to a hot start of the season, man. What do you think? Well, I mean, that's especially the case when you look at the schedule they have. The New York Giants, and the biggest thing when you look at these schedules is looking at the quarterback, all right? Daniel Jones, he shouldn't scare any defense, really. I mean, the New York Giants, this is basically his last year to prove to them that he can be a franchise quarterback or not, and he's trending in the wrong direction. So against this defense, like, yeah, Denver should be able to easily go out there and handle the the New York Giants offense, but the issue is going to be can the can the Broncos offense go out there and move the ball against a Giants defense that is a little bit better than a lot of people realize. Now, after that, you have two rookie quarterbacks. I mean, no, Trevor Lawrence was a top pick. I know Zach Wilson was a number two pick, but I mean, they're rookie quarterbacks, and I can't remember the exact number or any of the stats or anything, but Vic Fangio's defenses historically do extremely well against rookie quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. There is really no excuse going doing worse than three and zero over these first three games. And if you, after week four, are sitting at two and two or worse, it's an extremely disappointing result. And it's just gotta be better. You gotta take advantage of the easier games. I guess would be the easiest way to put it, the best way to put it. Even though no football games easy never no such thing as a given game but these games they should be able to go out there and win 
I mean, I know that they're traveling to the East Coast for a couple of them, but they got to get over that hump as well of start playing better on earlier games on the East Coast. So there's a lot of stuff that they've got to shed from their history and just go out there and do better and start off hot. No yeah, excuse. Ab- no, absolutely not. I'm going to say hello. Like We got some super chats rolling here. Let's just say hello to the chat really fast. Cody W jumping in here with a $2 super chat. Nine wins. We're good. I think uh, I think they could do better, though. I'm, I'm with you on that, Cody. Uh, there was another one that came in from Stu Meat all the way up at the very top here. Let me grab that. Uh, $1.99 saying, how's it? What's up, man? Thank you all for joining us on the Dub Valley Deep Divers podcast. we got Kenneth Patterson in the house tonight. Excited to watch some CU bus tonight. Uh, I'm I'm excited to watch that game as well. I'm, I'm really curious to see what uh, Northern Colorado looks like with uh, Ed McCaffrey at the helm. And Max McCaffrey, his son, is the offensive coordinator. And Dil- uh, I think it's Dylan McCaffrey is the quarterback. So they got the McCaffrey trio there at UNC. I'm really kind of curious what that looks like. Uh, James Koch, is it Koch or Coke? Or how do you spell your last name, buddy? Get back to me. Uh, thank you there for joining it. Uh, Joining in with us, the the whole bowling situation, we're going to kind of stay away from that for a little while. Um, Dylan Von Arks, what's going on, man? Uh, Desert Creature, we've got Orange Colored Glasses. How's it, Broncos country? What's going on, man? How we doing? Uh, Facebook user, you have a you have a setting on your Facebook page that doesn't allow your name to transfer over into our service on StreamYard. So go check your settings, and we'll, we'll shout you out by name next time. I promise you on that one. Um, Sean Burns in the house as well uh peter uh peter middleton joining us uh from over in cambodia doing the lord's work and helping shout out stars we really appreciate that man um let's see here anybody else we have clee torres that's a new name uh talking about johnny bull and we're going to stay away from that uh wicked royalty hello everybody and again thank you for joining the dove alley deep divers podcast to get back to the conversation though it's it is imperative like quite honestly eric you kind of alluded to it there with the with the giants the the jets and the jaguars to open the season up well jaguars jets in week two three respectively but those teams combined for nine total wins last season nine total wins and six of them came from the new york giants so if the broncos can't go out and really bully with this with this roster like i said they've got a high quality roster teddy bridgewater taking care of the football should hopefully be able to control the football move it and you know keep it away from uh making bad mistakes with the football and turning it over and whatnot a defense that's going to just be hounding all over these quarterbacks there's really no excuse to not go at least two and one in the first two games i mean it's it's hard for you to say three and oh just because we're, we're going into New York. It's September 12th. At the 20th, 20 year anniversary of 9 11, New York City is going to be on fire that entire weekend. Everyone's going to be pumped up. Everyone's going to be jacked up. It's an early morning game. The Broncos are notorious for playing badly on the East Coast in early morning windows, which also translates to the Jaguars, but I'm not even going to go there with that because the Broncos should just dominate Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars that, that next week. So, but the game you got to watch out for is that New York Giants, that, that Giants game, because that defense is very, very good. I mean, they've got a couple of, a couple of interior pass rushers in Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams up in the middle. They're going to be doing some, some work that way. They retooled that secondary. Adoree Jackson's kind of nicked up, though, so you got to watch out for that. But, man, I mean, the Giants game is the only one that the Broncos should really struggle with, and they should still actually dominate that football game, especially defensively. I mean, and the big thing with the Giants isn't necessarily that they have – a lot of talent on their defense. I mean, not saying that they're not talented whatsoever. They've definitely got some talent, and they have, in my opinion, the most underrated linebacker in the NFL in Blake Martinez. He is so good, and it's just going, and he really does help dictate what your offense does and uh, what they can do and can't do. So watch out for him against Noah Fant. They just don't have the depth in the secondary to really go and handle the Broncos' receivers. So that's where I'm looking at the Broncos to come out and be able to win this game. And then that Giants offensive line is a complete mess. It has been for years. Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. They're looking like they'll be without some of their top players on offense. Like it should be easily a landslide knock on wood. I mean, don't want to jinx it or anything that the Broncos defense should be able to go out there and dominate. And there should be enough from the Broncos offense to go out there and score enough points to walk out with the win on it. And I don't care early game 9-11. Like I understand all that, but there is no excuse for the Broncos to walk out of New York th- that week with a loss. Plain and simple. They are the better team. Go out there and show it. 
So Donald Netanyahu got to do some house cleaning here really fast because I, I misspoke. I, I could have swore that game was originally scheduled as a one o'clock game. It was supposed to be an early game, apparently. And according to the Giants schedule, I just I had it pulled up because I was looking at their roster just a little bit ago. Um, it is a, it is a, a two twenty five game. It's actually in the prime window. So thank you for thank you for pointing that out to us, uh, Donald. We appreciate that. Uh, I, I do agree with you, though. I mean, Daniel Jones doesn't do a good job taking care of the football. That guy turns the football over almost as much as Drew Locke does which last season, which was pr- pretty bad. I mean, the Broncos led the NFL in turnovers by the widest margin of any team in the NFL. Like their turnover differential was like the distance between 32 to 31 and 31 to 30 was smaller. Like it was literally more than any other team in the NFL from 31 to 32. Daniel Jones, though, that dude fumbles ridiculously often. And if, if you got Von Miller coming back, as as healthy as he could possibly be. And it sounds like he is, I mean, Mark Schlereth the other day was talking about him looking like he's the 2015 Vaughn, according to some, to some Minnesota Vikings coaches, which if that's actually true, then watch out because 2015 Vaughn, we all know how that season ended up. Uh, Bradley Chubb coming back, I mean, working through some ankle injuries and stuff, but still those guys are, I mean, prime as far as taking the football away, especially Von Miller. And with Daniel Jones not having the ball security, especially in the pocket, like there's a lot of opportunity for this Broncos defense to create some turnovers and hand it right back to Teddy Bridgewater, who's going to do what he does best and kind of dink and dunk his way down the field and go kick some field goals. I mean, even if you're not scoring 35 points against the Giants, because they do actually have a pretty stout defense, um, they should actually walk away from New York with a win. I do agree with that, Eric. I just see that there's that if there is one loss in the first three games, that's the one. That would be the that's the most concerning one because of that defense, and if the Broncos' offense can't put it together. But I mean, it just comes down to looking at that offense against the Broncos' defense. I mean, they have talent, but I mean, all their talent on offense is banged up. Some of them, they're not quite sure if they'll play all at this point. Of course over a week until then a lot can change so Quan barkley kenny galladay darius slayton evan ingram they're all dealing with injuries like that's a lot of players to star players on your offense to be dealing with injuries already and just against this defense with how physical they can be like not wishing for injuries by any means not hoping anybody gets hurt but there's definitely a risk against this defense with how physical they are that these injuries these guys are dealing with can actually be made worse yeah, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I was I was looking at the comments there, and there was actually kind of an interesting one here um, from Black Knight from Jeremy over on Twitch, and he he asked, "So are we going to talk about the bias that Fangio had for Teddy?" No, because there was none. Let's move on. <laughs> it, thank you, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, that was that was much ado about nothing, quite honestly. I mean, I I didn't necessarily read it too much into his comments about that. Um, no, the, the Giants game, that's the one that's really concerning. But the, the next week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, rookie quarterback making his second start, Trevor Lawrence, uh, their weapons are actually a little bit more scary than you than you want to think about with uh, DJ Chark. And they also have LaVisca Chenault coming back. James Robinson, who had over 1,000 yards last season as a, as a rookie running back. I mean, that offensive line is doo-doo butter. Like, it is not very good. So we're going to see a lot of pass pressure on, on Trevor Lawrence there. But it, to me, I don't even necessarily know that it matters with the pass pressure. We'll see how Vic Fangio can disguise that defense just a little bit. Maybe bring some pressure off the edge a little bit, but also the coverage design i want to see him get creative with his coverage design and see what uh see what they can do with maybe putting pat sertan in there a little bit more and getting him on the boundary against dj shark where he can be a little bit more physical because dj shark really struggles with physical defenders so to me that's that's a really good a key a key element to kind of look at in that game yeah definitely i mean um the the jaguars they're slowly building this team but the issue is is trevor lawrence sometimes he has problems with pressure and that offensive line as you said it's it's not good especially on the interior which is where the broncos this year really are expecting to take a giant leap so we should be able to see them dial up the pressures deal see him dial up his stunts get some more uh, four-man pressures and uh really drop into the secondary lavisca chenault i think he's got his his brand of football that he plays and it can be can it can hurt the Broncos uh off or Broncos defense a little bit but I think they have the right personnel there to go and counter against it and then that defense I mean they're struggling on the back end to really find key guys there they have some they have some talent don't get me wrong there's just plenty of holes that can be exploited and up front I mean you got to worry about that one edge rusher um the name escapes me at the moment Josh um, Allen or Caleb Ke- on chasing 
uh, Allen, I think, is the one. Yeah, Josh Allen, the uh, the the kid out of Kentucky from a couple of years ago, 2019 NFL draft. I think that's who you're talking about because they also went and got Caleb on Chase on from LSU uh, that next that following season. And who did they move? They moved Josh somebody. Allen is the one I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah, it, it, that dude's a freak. Absolutely, I met him actually. I met him at the NFL draft in 2019 when I was behind the scenes covering it for MileHighHuddle.com, and uh, that dude is long. You want to talk about super, super long. It's why him and Brian Burns actually are incredible, incredible physical specimens. Um, but no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, Miles Jack, they, they got rid of that other linebacker that they had. Um, I can't remember his name. And they, their secondary is really, there's not a whole lot in there anymore. They, they have they, two good corners, but the safeties are lackluster. CJ yeah. Henderson is still Griffith. Yeah, well, and CJ Henderson is is still. I mean, he's still in his second year. He kind of struggled last year, just of developing uh, developing his craft. Um, and I'm curious as to what they're going to do defensively with him because he was much better in, in man coverage. And if you put him in off zone, he was absolute garbage. Like he doesn't have recovery speed in any way, shape, or form. At least that I remember. Um, Shaquille Griffin. That's an interesting one because he's pretty versatile. That could can do a lot. I, I do like Tyson Campbell, that rookie out of Georgia. He was another one of my guys in the late rounds that I really liked. Um, but for the most part, like that secondary is not great. Um, that defensive line is not necessarily great. It's like you said, it's pretty much Josh Allen and uh, Caleb Von Chasen, and that's pretty much it. So defensively, this actually could be a game where the Broncos offense can really start to click and they can move the ball pretty much at will, quite honestly, especially over the middle of the field. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Miles Jack, obviously, he's one that you just got to keep in check and keep an eye out for. And then you got want to watch those pass rushers. But the interior, I'm not I like Hamilton. They're their big nose tackle that they have there, but he's not a guy that is at this moment, obviously, it, and a lot can change. We haven't seen him this year going off of his year last year. There's potential in him still, but he's still got to take this big step forward. So it's, it's again, this defense in Jacksonville, they've got some talent. It's just where they are at is easily easy for Denver to exploit. Now, real quick, we got some people coming in with stars um, and some who may not have star, but we can't see who all stars Um just shouting out a couple guys that we do know star quite a bit. We have Travis Weber coming in. We appreciate you joining us. Peter Middleton, of course, coming in. And then we've got um, a bunch of others. My chat is being real picky. So if you want to go through and pick them up, it won't let me scroll at the moment. Okay, so I've got Travis Weber here with a DeAndre Weatherspoon is the only problem I have with that, and that's and it's not just Teddy. Uh, it just seems even before Fangio, it seems like Denver feels like it's in win now mode since Greasy. Denver has hasn't actually given up uh, given a quarterback time to develop, and one really could argue that they didn't even really give Brian Greasy time to develop because they moved on from him and went. And they, I mean, they, Greasy had some shoulder injuries there as well, and then they moved him to to Miami, moved on with uh, Danny Cannell and Steve Berline, and then went and got Jake Plummer. So. It, like they really haven't allowed a, a quarterback time to uh, um, to really develop, but also at the same and, time, when that quarterback shows that he's not developing, are you just going to stick with that? And in the modern NFL, there's you really can't anymore. Like I know a lot of people are going to get mad about that, but it's just a simple factor is that you really just can't afford guys the time it, it, you're, it's all about success and immediate success for coaches and that you got to get that from your quarterback play so you get a little bit of time but if you don't show your proper growth in that time that's it you get it yanked out from you i mean time and time again we see it and there's just so much here and we i want to grab this my chat went in and uh miss moody came in with a very very generous uh, star donation. Wow. Uh, we we appreciate that. That is so awesome. Thank you for joining us. Um, just super awesome that you're able to, that you, you're throw support behind us. We appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, if I may ask, which, which Moody are you? I know you're, uh, probably related to uh, Mr. Natani Moody. So that's, uh, are, are you brother, sister? I, I'm guessing sister. Potentially, as Liliana's mom, I think I'm not exactly sure which one is which. So, if you could clarify for us, that would that would be great. But thank you very much. That's that's incredible. Yeah, like we say this every single week, guys. If you guys weren't able to do stuff like that for us, it would be, uh, um, it, like we couldn't do this. We really couldn't do what we do. It, like it, seriously, if it weren't for you guys, we couldn't do what we do best, which is cover the Denver Broncos, and we really appreciate that. We really do. Um, 
and real quick, Man, and I just, I for, a, for, for another huge donation again, thank you so much. That is so we are so appreciative of that. Um, now since I want to grab this real quick, since a lot of people are coming in and mentioning it about Johnny Bolin, I know we talked about it beforehand, we don't want to talk about it. If, if you hadn't seen, there were two posts on Instagram from Johnny Bolin today that were a um were very what's the right word here um very very in very poor taste i mean he went in and very made some very racial comments in one of them and then they don't just completely put uh george payton on blast like so out of hand Last thing I'm going to say on this is that there, I have no doubt in my mind that Pat Bowen is rolling over in his grave about it. And hopefully it very seems very likely that there is something with uh, Johnny Bowen that he was on, either alcohol or something else, that he wasn't in the right state of mind. And hopefully that he gets that under control. Yeah, it, he's had problems with that. I want to stay out of that conversation, though. I really do. That's it's. I just wanted to grab it real quick just because we had. No, you're, you're good. You're good. I. I can't judge people on their personal actions like that. I, I mean, you can, but at the same time, I don't necessarily like doing that. I, let people make their own decisions on stuff like that. And don't, don't make me make my own judgments about the situation on some, my goodness, holy cow, she's dropping, dropping in hot again. Uh, Miss Moody. Thank you. This is mom, by the way, commenting on another account and jumping in again. Goodness gracious. Thank you. Holy cow. Now I think it was last week since, moody conversation here i think it was last week when carl was on that we actually had this conversation would you like to see moody playing as a fullback just every on occasion on like goal line situations oh like yeah thought of that, the thought of that is just so amazing to me and just <sighs> getting him out there and just being able to just go just beat up on some guys man like, dude you know so i i want to see him move because he's actually a pretty decent athlete. He moves he moves around pretty well. I want to see him go like the uh, what's that? What's the guy that the the Patriots use all the time in goal line situations? They're uh, um, they're Dan Copen. It was Dan Copen, I think, is who it was that they use in goal line situations as a fullback, and they threw him the football a lot. Like I want to see that happen. I, like don't get me wrong, I want to see the blow ups with Antonio Moody up there, but at the same time, get him out in the flat on like a bootleg play and throw him the ball so he can score a touchdown. I am here for that conversation. <laughs> like, let's go. Percy Phillips jumping in here and dropping some stars as well. Percy, thanks, man. We appreciate that. Nothing to say, just showing some love. But man, I appreciate every single one of you guys. This is great, absolutely great. The chat's flowing, uh, having a lot of fun, great conversation. Thank you all, man. This is this is amazing. And real quick, going back on the whole comment that Vic Fangio made. And not yeah. taking a shot at Chad by any means. Chad is able to t- interpret that the co- the comment from Vic Fangio however he wants. I don't. I think people are taking it out of context. I don't think that his comment how he gravitated towards Teddy is, and they're saying that he favored Teddy by any means. It's just saying that Teddy is the type of person that you are drawn to and you're pulled to. That is out off the football field. Just being able to enjoy conversing with him, being able to enjoy being around him. I don't think that he is sitting there sitting there saying is like, oh, yeah, because I was able to enjoy him off the field, it m- made him be my favorite to be the quarterback. That wasn't the case. That isn't the case. They're the Broncos. They if they if OK, if they had thought that Teddy Bridgewater, if they came in with him being the guy and that was going to be the guy, first of all, he would have started the first game, not the second. And second of all, they would have named him the starter a lot earlier than they did. Yeah. Like almost immediately after the Seahawks game, if they had favored that, if it wasn't a situation where they needed to go back and actually watch the tape, they would have named him. Sorry, there yeah. wasn't any favoritism towards there. I understand people don't like that it was a was handled poorly. I I get that a little bit. So, but I mean, at the same time, it's it is what it is. I mean, that's this is how this is how competitions at quarterback go. Like it's not favored one way or the other. They try to do things fairly, but you just always can't. It, to me, I, th- there's one thing that really stood out with you talking, man, she came back again. Goodness gracious. I'll grab that here in a second. Uh, there, there's one thing that really stuck out with what you said there that, uh, that really resonates with me. And I agree with it a hundred percent. If it was a favoritism towards Teddy Bridgewater, they would have named him the starter back in OTAs. 
uh, right, right after they acquired him, right before the draft. Like they, that's what they would have done. They would have said, okay, Teddy Bridgewater's a guy. We're going to move in this direction and let Drew Locke kind of develop. That's where the favoritism shows. Now, don't get me wrong. There might have been a slight lean. And I and I, I will buy into that speculation that Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, they had a lean. They're like, we went out and got this guy because he's the steady, the consistent option. We know what we're going to get with Teddy Bridgewater. They had a lean in that way, but they let the door open for Drew Locke to go and win the and win the position. And that was the biggest key there was Drew Locke actually had to go back and win the job back. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater, and I kind of have this uh, this conversation on my Twitter account all the time uh, about how T- Drew Locke lost his job the second week 17 ended last season. And it might even have been before that. Like he lost his starting job for 2021 last year. That that happened a long time. Everybody knew it because everyone knew that the Broncos were either going to be in the quarterback market going and getting a veteran or going into the draft and going and getting a guy. Drew Locke already lost his job. He had the opportunity to win it back, and he just didn't. That's just plain and simple the truth. Drew Locke lost yeah. the job, and they just went to the incumbent – or not the incumbent, the, the veteran option that they get, they went out and picked up to – give the job to essentially like it's it's kind of a backwards thinking about it but that's the way that i like to think about it It was drew lock didn't do enough to win his job back and here, here's the thing on this and the last thing i'm going to say is kenneth peterson said oh it's uh made a comment about lock stinking it up in the preseason oh wait um no one said that lock stunk it up it just wasn't enough i understand that oh he went out there and he threw a big touchdown pass to kj hamler but the competition goes beyond that there were other issues in this, and I ta- I've talked about it before. And the biggest issue that with Drew Locke that we didn't that we saw with Teddy Bridgewater actually do calling out the blocking assignments. That yep. is something that Drew Locke has consistently struggled with. Going back to college, we saw that in Teddy, and I'm sure that played a huge factor in the decision, as well as things that we don't see. None of us have an idea of how things were going on in the film room, in the meeting room, and I bet you that the that there was a good amount, probably 45, 50% of the decision was factored in from what they were seeing in the film room. Yep. So Anyways, I, I actually want to expand. I'm going to grab this one really fast because Mrs. Moody is jumping in here again. This was earlier. She dropped another large amount of stars and then commented back. She said, I told Chad that I will send 40,000 stars. So I'm keeping my word. And that is, amazing that's just incredible that oh my goodness holy cow thank you for all of your support and i i hope that i i really do hope natani moody has a great season this year i hope he, he wins a starting job i hope that he can actually develop and, and turn into something because he had a lot of talent it's just unfortunate he had the injuries back at fresno state because he would have been a, a second round pick and probably a starter on any other team and, and I, I hope he gets there i really do i i love natani moody and since people are throwing out their st- the stats and everything, Drew Locke also fumbled four times. Just saying. Like, yeah. that played a factor into it too, guys. Anyways, Jets game. The game that we're actually going to be down in Denver for. Yeah. I actually finally fully booked all my tickets since I have to fly from here to the big city and then fly out of there. I finally got my uh, the short track aspect of it. Finally got those tickets booked, so I'm all set to go and uh, be down there. And uh, super excited. Hopefully we'll be able to see a bunch of you guys down there um meet you guys face to face and everything lance and i will be down there so a little bunch of other people um Her- uh, harold richard out here is stroking my ego saying that i'm at the top of mhh mount rushmore i appreciate that like i just got just throwing this out there it's like i mean i am one of the originals it, the only people on mhh now that were there from the start was chad and myself so uh, i hope i'm on mount rushmore for it but anyways the jet- as <laughs> <laughs> um as as I said, we're going to be there for it. We're going to have a um, big thing before this. And Chase, I know Denver Airport's a mess. Please don't. I, I have such anxiety about trying to get back right now. And I haven't even left. We're still three weeks away. I just, please don't feed into my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good, dude. It's good, dude. I'll be there. I'll be there to pick you up. I, I already have it all cleared with work. I've like, we're good to go. All I got to do is just get down there early enough to get us checked into the hotel. I'll pick you up at DIA coming right out of the gate and we'll be in and out of there. No worries, dude. All right. It's like, don't worry about that. I got your back, doc. And Benjamin, are you talking uh, for the Jets game? I mean, I'm not going to the game. I'm not going to be able to actually go in. I can't. I'm not able to get a ticket. But we're going to be there tailgating. That's what we're yep. going down there. Our meet and greet is. I Chad has a lot more information about this. I just haven't ever committed it to memory. 
Um, but yeah, we'll be down there tailgating. So if you are able to go down there, join us and just tailgate and meet face to face, like feel free. Like that, that'll be awesome just to meet yeah. uh, a bunch of you guys who support the show face to face a little bit. Yeah, it, it really would. I mean, I'm I'm coming down for, for I mean, obviously, Eric, you know, is coming down from Alaska, like everyone is going to be from different places, you know, and it's going to be fun to, to be able to meet everybody. So make the trip, make the trip. We'd, we'd love to see you and still be able to hang out and uh, maybe maybe crack a, a couple of cold ones and, and hang out and check out the game, listen to the game on the radio, maybe cook some some good food. If I am really lucky, I might be able to get my Traeger down there. That'd be okay. Ah, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, they, oh, that's that's your birthday weekend. So I tried to get tickets for my wife and I to go to, uh, for a long weekend. There you go. I mean, it, you can you can still make the trip out. You can still make the trip out. Like I said, we're going to be out there tailgating and and having having a good time. So yeah, talk uh, talk to her and and see if you guys can't make the trip anyways. Even if you can't get tickets, you can still come out. I mean. Uh, I think we're going to try to find a place to go sit down and eat and maybe even watch the game. I'm not exactly sure what the entire uh, itinerary is on that entire deal, but I know we are going to be in the uh, in the tailgate parking area for at least a couple hours leading up to the game. So, yeah, make sure you guys come and check that out. September 26th, uh, Broncos versus Jets. Now, back to the game itself. Um, this, this game is actually going to be a very entertaining one for me because from the sound of it, Zach Wilson has actually turned into what – a lot of people thought that he could he's explosive with the football he's slinging it all around the yard making a lot of really good decisions there they've cut down the field to him so he doesn't have to make a whole bunch of difficult reads he fit into that uh, Kyle Shanahan system I think it's Mike LaFleur is the uh, offensive coordinator for Robert Sala and the New York Jets right now so they've actually they've got him figured out and they have they are really unleashing him he looked great this preseason um, I'm kind of nervous about that. I really am because he breaks contain so well and he extends the plays so well. It's really going to task this Broncos coverage unit. And yes, the Broncos have a great secondary, but with that kind of arm talent, that kind of athleticism, that just creates a whole unique set of circumstances that the, this Broncos defense has actually kind of struggled against at times. So uh, I'm, I'm curious about this game just a little bit. If he had some better weapons to throw to, Zach Wilson really could tear apart this Broncos defense, even as a rookie. I'm super excited for it. I mean, I liked um, Zach Wilson a lot during the the draft, and he was my number four quarterback. And ended up going number two. But what has me more, most excited for this game is actually watching a couple of their offensive linemen, mainly Elijah Vera Tucker. I'm I'm really curious to see how he and Makai Becton form on that left side of that offensive line, and also Elijah Moore. Like, man, Elijah Moore. The receiver, rookie receiver out of Ole Miss. I can't tell you how much I like him through the draft process. And I'm on record. Well, actually, I can, I can get away with this because it was on a um, Facebook supporter thing. It was on a trickle zone where I made this comment. But uh, Elijah Wilson was a guy that I would have taken over KJ Hamler. Like, he's just, mm. there's just so much he can do, provided he's got to stay healthy and stay out there on the field and everything. But there's just so much he can do that he brings a little bit more to an offense that KJ Hamler does. So I'm excited to watch him. And then that defense, like this defense, if they can get the scheme down and they can get, get everyone playing at a good level, like there is a lot of talent on this Jets defense that could really surprise people. I mean, that front line, John Franklin Meyer, Sheldon Rankins, and Quinnen Williams is great. And they have really good depth on it as well. Um, Nathan uh, Shepard and Fuller Runzu Fadakasi is on there. Mm -hmm. They've got some good players in the secondary. There's just a lot of talent on this defense, but it's just a matter of just gelling everything and getting it all down. And now that I'm looking at their their wide receiver core, because there was a comment in there about in the in the chat stream about how they were just kind of average at wide receiver. And while that's not necessarily wrong, they got some ballers in there, dude. Jamison Crowder actually is a really good wide receiver, especially as a slot option. Corey Davis on crossing routes is one of the best wide receivers running that crossing route in the NFL. And then if Denzel Mims can somehow figure out a way to stay healthy, that was a guy that I really, really liked a couple of years ago. And in in, I think it was 2000, was that 2019 or was that 2008? No, it's 2020. Sorry. It's the 2020 NFL draft Denzel Mims from Baylor. Um, Really good blocking wide receiver, big body, big athlete, um, really put on a show at the, at the combine inconsistent hands at times, but at the same time, if he could actually get healthy, he would be a really good X receiver and a good compliment to Jamison Crowder and to, um, to Corey Davis. And then you have Elijah Moore as a shifty little slot guy, man, like there's, 
there's some there's some potential there. There really is some, and they also went out and they got they they brought in Tevin Coleman, who is familiar with that Shanahan scheme at the running back position. They also have um, Michael Carter as well, who is a guy from uh, from UNC. He was actually the backup, not really a backup, but the duo, the dynamic duo of uh, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Uh, they, I mean, Michael Carter is a pretty good back, and they they that Jets offense might actually be legit scary. They they really could. It's, it all it all comes down to what Zach Wilson is going to be able to do, but if the play calling is good and they can get schemes and things open for him, that offense might actually turn around. It really yeah, could. It's on, it's on Vic Fangio to try to make him as uncomfortable as possible. Now we got yeah. some stars in. We got Andrew Morrow coming in. No comment with this one. Just wanted to throw some stars. We appreciate that. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, good evening, Lance and Eric and Greg Smith. Broncos country, go Broncos for life. Randy Emmons, Emmons said, it's a lot of talent on a defense that I think can surprise some people. Peter Milton came in. Uh, how many games does Cushionberry have to keep his job? When would you make the change and for whom? Um, I, I'm I'm very simple with this. It would, quarterback, like making a switch from Teddy Bridgewater to Drew Locke, or if Drew Locke won to Teddy Bridgewater, four games. Every four games I make – well, first four games I evaluate, then from there every two. And you yeah. go and you evaluate that. And that's why I'm on Cushionberry. If Cushionberry is struggling through the first four games, get take a seat. Move over Graham Glasgow, enter Moody. Like it's that yeah. simple for me. And yeah, it's four games and then two after that for me. Um, which I know is gonna ruffle some people's feathers from it. Michael Ronquillo again with some with some stars. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate that. Andrew Lampy says so little Bowen Bowen seems nice. Uh, yeah. He's definitely he's one he to be fair, he's been in the news quite a bit and not always for a good thing. And Mark Lindley came in with a $49.99 donation. Says, What's up, guys? I'm rolling with Teddy based on his decision making. I went back, did my research. It comes down to experience, especially working with Drew B's. I still like Locke, but him and Trimmer don't mix. All anyways, have a good night. Hey Marks, thanks for joining us. We appreciate that. That is a very generous donation. Again, yeah. very appreciative of that. Thank you for joining in with us. And um not not to poke at you or anything like that is I just got to say is that when Pat Shermer was hired, it was just praised for what his offense could do for drew lock. Mm-hmm. Um, there were thing elements in it that drew lock didn't fit. And when they make changes, drew lock helped. But the biggest thing is that Pat Shermer's offensive scheme is going to ask the quarterback to make full scans of the field, full reads of it. And that is something that drew lock struggled with. And it was once they cut it down that he started to do better reading one side of the field, making one read and throwing. Um, that's when lock started to do better. So I guess in that aspect, Pat Schirmer didn't really fit with him, but it goes beyond that. Um, to, to me, the, the decision-making with, with Teddy Bridgewater, it, it doesn't just go with the decision-making on where to go with the football uh, post-snap. It's pre-snap. You see a lot of the, the quick decision making that he made that like that's why he is known as check down Teddy, because he'll be looking one read two read. He'll see that before it even happens. And he'll know those reads aren't there. I'm going to dump it off. And, and it, like it, it happens a lot. And you can't fault a guy for it. He's at least taking a net positive gain. You cannot go broke taking a profit. You just can't. And on that note is here's the thing that ta- that actually ruffles my feathers a little bit about that is that taking check downs isn't a bad thing. The issue is, is if you're making one read and then going to the check down, and that's not what Teddy Bridgewater does. He no. makes his first, his second, his third read. Depending on pressure there, he then goes to the check down. He goes through his progressions before he gets to the check down. And so it ruffles my feathers that this is used as a big negative for him, but it's not like that's the first place he goes with the ball or with his reads. And the other thing is, is for all the crap that he gets for doing that, he actually threw beyond the sticks at a higher rate last year than Drew Locke did. I was actually hoping that you had the, the specific numbers on that. I think it was like 64. It was, it was like 64% of the time. I think Teddy Bridgewater threw past the sticks on third down. You sent it to us in the group chat. So you might be able to pull that up here in just a second. Um, uh, so it was like Drew Locke threw it like 74% of the time uh, short of the sticks on third down, which was a bottom 15 number in the NFL. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater threw it like 62% of the time, which was top eight. So this narrative of him not throwing the ball down the field is completely false. So um, Teddy Bridgewater threw short of the six, 62% of the time on third down, which was 14th. Wait, it was 14th lowest rate. Lock 74% was eighth highest. Yeah. So I had it backwards. Apologies for that, but thank you for, for clarifying on that. Uh, still, uh, regardless, 
if, if Teddy Bridgewater's only going short of the sticks on third down 62% of the time, this narrative that he can't pick up. And now there is, there are some down and distance situations here. Now, if he's behind the sticks, then yes, I will agree. He doesn't push the ball down the field. He's going to take the check down, live to fight another day, punt the ball away and not, and try to not turn the football over. I will agree with that. That is a very true thing. You can see it on all of his tape. Holding penalties, false start penalties, those are a killer if he can't get seven yards back on that on that very next play. And, and that's what he's going to go to. He's going to try to get you back ahead of the sticks and try to get you back in schedule with the offense. And if he can't do that, then, yeah, that's what he's going to do. He's going to dunk it down. He's going to punt the ball away, and we're going to go and find uh, find a way to, to have better success on the next drive. And before somebody comes in and says that, oh, I'm a Teddy Bridgewater lover, Drew Lockett or whatever, um, I have a film piece coming out. I'm working on it now of Teddy Bridgewater breaking down all of his interceptions. And I don't hold back on Teddy. Some of his interceptions last year were terrible and they were on him. Like blame goes where blame goes plain and simple. That's how I've Mm -hmm. always been. And some of Teddy Bridgewater's interceptions last year were like, okay, what the heck were you doing? And it's just mind boggling to me. And for some of the safe narrative around him, it's not entirely true. But it's not entirely wrong either. Right. Um, you guys will definitely have to read that uh, film piece when it comes out for better explanation on what I'm getting at. Don't when, want to spoil it all here. When about are you going to be able to drop that? Are you still working on it? Or... Okay. I hope um, to finish it up tomorrow and then probably get published Sunday or Monday. Right. Anyways, Travis Weber came in with some stars. Appreciate that, Trevor. Or got, Travis. I'm... Sorry, I got the Michael Ronquillo here jumping in. Go Broncos for <laughs> life with $10 with the stars, man. Holy cow. Thank you guys. I really appreciate that. I got another super chat here coming in from Chase Wellner, $5 super chat. Uh, good pod as always, fellas, with the hum, with the thumbs up. Yeah, that's right, guys. Hit that like button, please. Wherever you guys are watching this, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, doesn't matter. Punch that like button right square in the face. We really appreciate that because that's one of the most organic ways that you can and, do that. If, if you guys break your computer screen, we are not liable. Yeah, please don't. Don't actually punch it. Like, that would be a, a bad idea. Uh, Michael Ronquillo says that we've reached 500,000 stars on Facebook. Holy cow. Wow. The, I, I knew that there's – so that means the, the Von Miller jersey's on. That means the Von Miller jersey's going. We're, uh, so Definitely, that, for sure. We, have, yeah. we didn't get an update before we went live, but, yeah, th- there's no doubt that the somebody's winning a Von Miller jersey. Yeah, that's great. Uh, to all of you who are entered to win it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, hopefully that's breaking news for everybody. I'm glad that we got to do that on our show to say that, hey, by the way, there's a Von Miller jersey giving away coming up here soon. Uh, if you, y'all didn't know, if you donated stars, you're entered in automatically to the drawing. The more stars you donate, the more chances you get. But uh, if you donated stars on Facebook, we are giving away a Von Miller jersey here in the next couple of days. Uh, check back up with the Huddle Up podcast with Chad and Zach. Um, probably on Sunday night, I believe they might be talking about that. Maybe Monday, uh, but keep in tune with the Huddle Up podcast because they are actually going to release all of the details on that. Um, um, Andrew Baker came in, said, "Sup, gang? Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag DB for L. It's all over, but they're crying. LOL, JK. Hopefully not. But hey, the next star raffle should be Eric's prize Star Wars collectibles. <laughs> Man, okay, it's th- that's not funny." <laughs> <laughs> we we're gonna need to do another giveaway one of these days and uh you know what i think i have an idea we've got time we we do got time and you and i are gonna be face to face in person here soon I, I i mean this seems corny as all hell but still at the same time let's sign a dvd shirt let's get a dvd shirt and sign it off and raffle that <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, i'm about it uh cody w came out with the two dollar donation saying teddy can read a defense better that's for sure um yeah I mean, who Tyron Matthew, I think is who it was, um, came out and made it very clear that it's you can give Drew Locke one look and easily make the Broncos offense pay for it. Um, so that was a big concern. And maybe it was something he worked on and we just didn't get to see it. Um, I believe that was actually a focus when he was wor- spent that little bit of time working with Peyton Manning. Um, but it just wasn't enough. Michael Anquillo came in with some more stars. We appreciate that, Michael. Always awesome to see you inside the chat. I hope everything's going good for you because I know a week or two ago, things were going pretty rough. Hopefully everything's going better for you yeah. now. Um, <laughs> Lonnie says, I think it's me. It very well may be you. <laughs> Mama Moody. Mama Moody jumping in here and, and racking up all the stars. 
I tell you what, good gracious, girl. <laughs> we thank you so much. Again, we appreciate thank you a million so times. Thank you, and, and thank you to everybody for uh, like Peter jumping in here. He's like, plus many more. It doesn't. I mean, there's so many people that have shown just a, an, an amazing outpouring of support, especially for for us over the last really year and a half. I mean, quite honestly, it's been. It was rough there for a minute. It was rough there, but to see everyone just continue to show up and uh, stars super chat doesn't matter to to have the conversation with everyone and to to see that we have. I mean, right now we've got 139 eyeballs on us, 29 reactions on Facebook. Like, it's it's amazing the the fact that we still have a, a really good following and you guys still come out every single Friday at six to come and hang out with us. So we appreciate that. We really do. Mark Langley jumped back in with a $4.99 donation said, oh, by the way, guys, new franchise quarterback of the Denver Broncos is hashtag Eric Trickle. Um, Tim Tebow is better than me. Like, <laughs> when it comes to on, being on the field, like, definitely. Like, I just, I, I'm that just one. not good. That Lance is over here trying to flex, like, hey, what about me? What about me? No, 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 that, no, no, not that, me. Look at that, the way he said, not me. Like, what about not, me? Uh, not me. Uh, <laughs> my son just screamed really loud in extreme frustration at Mark Langley for not saying Kevin Sanderson is the new, uh, the new franchise quarterback for the Denver Broncos. So I'm going to put that flex down, damn it. Uh, Desert Creature jumping in here with a $20 super chat. Uh, do you believe that Fangio is a good coach or a bad coach and why? Oh, that's a fire question. Put I, us think on the spot, he, then. I think he is a great defensive coordinator and he has potential to be a good head coach. There's just a lot of aspects that he's got to fix. His time management being one of the biggest ones um, and making sure everybody's ready. I do like the fact that he's changing the day off again to put it back on what Tuesday. Um, I do like the fact that he's making that change because that was a big issue with some of the veterans the last couple of years. If I, if what I've heard is to be believed. Um, so I think that there's still potential with him, but I mean, I do think the last couple of years he was dealt a bad rap with some of those issues on offense. The first year, not having any say on his offense coordinator and being stuck with the guy who was first time on the job, who I know a lot of people out there like Rick Skangarello, but it was very obvious he was in over his yeah. head. And then Pat Shermer, like who was his guy, but there's no excuse for Vic Banjo this year. It's put up or shut up. This is his coaching staff. He's picked them. It's time to go out there and perform. They've done a lot to put better talent around the quarterback to build the defense. No excuses. It's time for him to either end this debate on if he's a good coach or a bad coach and go out there and either be a good coach or just be an okay coach or a bad coach, depending on how you look at it. To expand on a couple of things there, especially the time management thing, and this goes back to being a good head coach, is learning how to delegate responsibilities, which he does not do very well. He says, all right, Pat Shermer, here's your offense. Go ahead and do your thing. And he wants to go and focus on his defense. I'm not trying to say he doesn't focus on the offense because this guy's been in the NFL for 40 years. I'm fairly certain he focuses enough on the offense to try to figure out ways to stop him. Now, focusing on his own offense, that might be a different discussion, and I'm not going to try to play into that hot takery nonsense, but at the same time, there is something there. You have a defensive coordinator for a reason. Go and be the head coach of the entire football team. Please, like, delegate your responsibilities down the way you're supposed to, oversee the entire operation from the top down, including your clock management, and figure it out from there. Uh, there was another point that I wanted to get to, but it, it completely just slipped my mind because I was trying to not be a jerk on that last one. Uh, and I'm going to. I'm actually going to take this and segue to another question that we had asking about the 2022 class. And I got to point out a little bit of irony here that there were a large portion of people that were really big on Locke starting this year mm -hmm. that during the draft time always said, well, if Locke, give Locke this year, if he fails 2022. And they've sat there and they blasted me. They blasted my colleagues for not being overly happy with the Broncos passing on a quarterback in this year's class. Those same guys are now sitting there complaining that Denver passed on a quarterback this last class. But that's beside the point. Just a little bit of irony there. Right. The 2022 <laughs> class, um, yeah, it's not good. Like, there's depth to it. But, I mean, the top four guys last year would be the top four guys this year. And I would actually even argue the top five guys from last year would be the top five guys this year. I like Spencer Rattler. He could he could jump into being in one of those top five guys, but I want to see what he does on the field before he gets that. I want to um, see what he does. I want to see what he does off the field with his headpiece before we can actually fix all, that. All reports are that he's he's doing improved, which we'll be able to see through post game press conferences and stuff like that. Um, improving his decision making on the field, some stuff mm -hmm. on the field as well. 
Um, Sam Howell seems to be having a really terrible start to a season. Um, I'm curious what Carson Strong, Malik Willis, and Desmond Ritter can do this year. And then Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina is another name that is one that's been mentioned to me by a few people I know in and around the NFL as a guy. If he's going to come out of nowhere, it's going to be Grayson McCall of this year's Zach Wilson, this year's um, Joe Burrow. I know a lot of people are talking about Carson Strong. Carson Strong is not coming out of nowhere. There was a lot of people that if he decided to come out last year for this last draft, that people were talking about he would be a first or second round pick. Quarterback but three. He would have been quarterback people, three. People talking about him as high as quarterback three even. Um, so he's not coming out of nowhere. Grayson McCall is a possibility. But def- more options doesn't always mean better options. I was going to say, and then you've got guys like Matt Corral. You've got Keaton Slovis in there as well. And those are all bottom-level starter guys, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not I, I like. Slovis I want to see what Matt Corral can do to improve yeah. this year. Yeah. Keaton Slovis and Phil Drickovic, those are guys that, I mean – they make Teddy Bridgewater's and Mac Jones's arm look like a freaking cannon. What's that uh, Johnson Robinson guy that we watched a couple of weeks Dorian ago? Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. That's the one. That's the one. Thank you very much. That, that kid's actually pretty electric. If there's, there's if that, 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 that might, that might be a guy like, honestly, if he can speed up his processing and, and not just be a one read quarterback and run, he could actually turn into something. It, it, it's a lot of the same questions to me as Malik Willis. Malik Willis probably has some better arm talent, quite honestly. But uh, as far as being a one read and run quarterback, I think that they both have that opportunity to really shine if they can speed up their processing, go through the reads a little bit better and clean up some footwork. Those guys could be some, some guys to really watch out for. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, oh, yeah, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't. I actually have a piece on 2022 quarterbacks coming out at some point. I'm not sure when. It's in our publisher just waiting to be published. Um, Cleats2K said, Fangio made the same game management mistakes in the last preseason game. Subs the clock twice for the other team in the fourth quarter in the last position. Um, there could be multiple reasons for this. I'm Don't focus in on time management stuff in the preseason game. No. It could be that he wanted to see a couple more reps from guys on the defense or hope to get the, off- the, ball, the offensive ball back. I don't know the situation. I actually haven't been able to go back and fully watch the third preseason game. I've mm-hmm. only seen the first half. So I don't know the situation in that final in that that pre in the final little bit of the preseason in the fourth quarter. But time management stuff in the fourth quarter just throw out the window. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and it could be situational things. You want to see what you can do to line up your defense in the right way, get different personnel in uh, personnel situational uh, groupings and stuff like that on the field. That's that's another big thing. Uh, Travis Weber jumping in here with the four dollar ninety nine cent super sticker. We can't un- unfortunately I can't see that. Uh, we don't have a producer tonight, so we can't pull that up on the backside either to show that to you. But Travis, we appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, the, the thought that I had earlier about Vic Fangio, uh, there's actually some more, uh, more reasoning behind, and this was per, I think Mike Kliss on 104.3, the fan the other day, um, about why Vic Fangio moved the day off from Monday to Tuesday and moved it back to the way that it originally was because Monday was always like rehab day and weightlifting day and stuff like that. It actually goes back into what we have in our real world situation going on right now and getting tested. They're, so they moved it from being Monday to ha- have a guy get tested so that if it's if he tests positive, he's five days out. If he tests ne- if he tests negative on Saturday, he can play on Sunday. If he tests on Tuesday positive, he had to test on Tuesday or on Sunday and wouldn't be able to play in the game. That is another big reason as to why that happened. Just want to throw that out there. And I see somebody talking about him stopping the clock in the Raiders game. Um, analytics actually suggested that he stops the clock. So, just saying. Uh, the, the analytics thing is so weird because, and I understand what he was doing even with the the Tennessee game where he was trying to save enough, save the time. No, out no, no, no. Sure that- the Tennessee game it, he deserves to be fully ripped for because he was just paying attention to what he was going to call on the defense next instead of actually paying attention to the clock. Another- deserves one hundred percent to deserve get blamed for that. The other moment in the Raiders game, not so much analytics. They're trying to infuse analytics a little bit more. Doesn't mean I agree with it. Just saying that analytics were saying that that was the right decision. Another another thing that he he actually said this in the post game conference uh, in the post game press conference for the Tennessee game was uh, he'd already missed five times. We were kind of just hoping that he was going to miss again. Yeah, Stephen Stephen Goskowski missed five field goals in that game. Like he already missed five times. Let's see if he can't miss it again. And then the next day they went into a different uh, and I. Uh, the, revisionist history here but he did say we were trying to preserve as much time as we could to make to uh make sure we had two timeouts left we'd let the clock run down 
to make sure we had two times le- timeouts left to take shots down the middle of the field and try to get us back into field goal range so we could go and win that game. There's an analytical approach to that as well. It's something I disagree with 100% of the time because you stop them from even getting into field goal range, if at all possible, and preserve as much time as you possibly can by calling those timeouts before you did. Uh, regardless. Um, no, that, And that's the biggest thing is he's got to figure out a way to, to delegate that responsibility, understand the coaching, the, the, the coaching situation, um, and quite honestly, he's got to get uh, figure out a way to dial up pressure because it's not just the timeout situational stuff with with Vic Fangio. Go back even to uh, his his first season as a head coach. They had a uh, they had a, a three point lead, or actually, I think it was like a, a it was a one point lead against Chicago, and they let Chicago drive down the field and kick a game winning field goal. This is Chicago with Mitchell Trubisky, by the way. Um, they also let Gardner Minshew come back score a game winning touchdown when they were down by four. Uh, they also had the Indianapolis Colts game where they were up 16 to 13 and lost that game because of bad time management and not getting enough pressure on the quarterback and not having a, a defense like they were playing prevent defense. Uh, they were up 20 to nothing against the Minnesota Vikings and somehow managed to lose a 20 point lead and lose the game to the Minnesota Vikings. That's just his first season as a head coach. Like there's four times where the Broncos had a lead late. Rely on your defense to make a stop and to take the football away and not allow a score. And he just goes into a shell. like So that's another thing he's got to figure out. Late game management doesn't just mean timeout situation. It's situational play calling as well. And the thing is, is that Vic Fangio, like there's no denying he's on the hot seat. Everybody knows he is. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a matter of can he show growth from it? And then time clock management, analytics, no, they're not always right. But analytics, they tend to be a lot more right than just normal decisions. It's added information to make a decision. And Denver wants to infuse that a little bit more. They infuse it into their draft selections this year. So if Patrick Sertan, knock on wood, ends up a bust, is it the analytics that failed them or was it something else? There's so much that goes into this for a head coach. Vic Fangio, he's on the hot seat. And basically to bring this full circle back to our original topic about this is if the Broncos Broncos don't start off hot this year, then I have, if they don't, I mean, two and two, okay, but three and one is ideal. Anything worse is, un, is to me, unacceptable. Um, and it seems a large failure at some point, either coaching level or play level. But at that point is like, it would be very hard for Vic Fangio to turn around and keep his job. It would need a big push for the playoffs at the tougher part of the schedule for him to keep his job if they don't start three and one. Yeah. And anyways, we have, Mark Lingley coming in again with a ten dollar donation, saying, "Well, I'm putting up the that flex, putting that flex, the flex up, Lance. Damn it, your son will replace Fangio as a franchise head coach, and that's why you <laughs> let me land. I'm unpredictable. This is very true, Mark. You are always unpredictable, and I appreciate the shout on uh, on that one. Uh, Gary Leeds Palmer jumping. I got a Facebook uh, friend request that I need to go accept from you, Gary. I haven't actually done that yet. Uh, dropping some stars here. We appreciate that." Um, thank you for, for jumping in as always, uh, Michael jumping back in with even some more stars here. And thank you, Michael, for that. We appreciate you, buddy. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? And I actually want to expand upon that, Eric. And I wanted to get into it a little bit more into detail, which unfortunately we don't have the time to do that. We're running about 56 minutes, 57 minutes right now. Um, so we're going to have to get out of here, here in just a couple of minutes. Um, but, uh, really it, you can break it down by situation. The Broncos are 4-0. Teddy Bridgewater's playing well. Obviously, Vic Fangio is done, doing a pretty decent job, um, and you're well on his way to potentially letting him have that fourth season in his four-year contract. 3-1, and one, same kind of a thing. You know, you drop a game to probably the Baltimore Ravens in week four on that one. 2-2, two and two, you're a little frustrated because that means you, drop, you more than likely dropped that first game to the Giants and also the game against the Ravens. Um, and that game against the Ravens is also at home. So that to me is not quite the worst case scenario. If you go worse than two and two though, Vic Fangio's seat goes from like just a little bit tepid, like where it's starting to heat up on the bottom side. You go one and three in the first four weeks, it's on fire. And if you go 0-4, he's gone. Like, if you go 0-4 to start the season, you are gone, Vic Fangio, because there's no way that you should lose all four of those first four games. Not a way in hell. If he ends up worse than 2-2 after the first four games, his butt will be redder than than Darth Vader's lightsaber. Ooh, hey, look at him dropping in here with a a star. Of course he had to drop the Star Wars reference. (laughs) Of course. I was originally going to sit there and go say, as red as this, but it's kind of hard to tell just how red that is. 
Um, anyways, guys, we're going to have to get out of here tonight. You guys will get double dose of me this weekend. I'll be on tomorrow with Nick Kendall on Mile High Insiders, as well as getting me in the morning for the Trickle Zone, the Facebook supporter show that I have. Not sure what the topic is at the moment, but it'll probably be related to their season or the roster of some sort. Um, so tune in for that. And uh, let's go ahead and take it away for the closing yeah, I'm 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 upset because I volunteered to do the the MHI show with Nick, and I never even got a response. Damn it! He, he messaged I'm... me today, okay? Like, uh, or Nick. yesterday, some uh, point. Nick, pick it up with Nick. Nick, Nick. Uh, Nick and I are gonna have to have a conversation about Just this. Put him on, put him in, put him on blast in the group chat. I'm going to. That's that's exactly what's gonna happen. I volunteered on the Slack channel and everything. Said that I was gonna be the one covering <laughs> it, and never heard anything back. God. Mm. God bless America. Anyways, guys, that's going to do it for us on the uh, on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Thank you all for all of your massive support. Oh, hold and- on. I want to say that. Just grab this real quick. Um, Lazy SOB wouldn't blame Locke if he refused to go in after Teddy fails and Fangio tells Fangio he's on his own. If Teddy did that, Teddy wouldn't. Or if Drew Locke did that, he would never play another down in the NFL. Yep. Yep, you can't you can't have that pouty mentality. You have to just continue to go back and be a professional. You have to go to work and and continue to work on your craft because, like I said, uh, like I said earlier, he didn't do enough to win to win the job. I mean, shoot, it, I was watching the the LA Rams game live. This was on the live feed, and I watched Quinn Miners. It was I think it was in the third quarter. They broke the huddle, and Quinn Miners put his hand out, and they and the the microphone caught his voice and said, "56 is Mike. 56 is Mike." Quinn Miners called that out before they even got set at the line of scrimmage. Drew Locke is not setting his line protections. It's a problem I've had with him for two years now. He hasn't shown that growth mentally in the quarterback room. Plain and simple. That like that's that's one of the things we're not seeing. Physical talent, the physical ability, we can see that for days. Yeah, Drew Locke looks great physically. Mentally, he doesn't look great. You can see it. You can see it on the field even without knowing the mental play sheet. Like, oh, good gracious. Sorry. Fortunately, fortunately, we've seen the maturity out of Drew Locke with how he's handled this to know that yeah. he wouldn't refuse to go in. Yeah. He, he he knows that if he did that, he wouldn't ever play it down again. He would be signing his own his own retirement, basically. So good thing that we've seen more uh, maturity out of him than uh, over handling this. And then Mark Langley says, hey, uh, ha- uh, have you guys gotten your shots? Uh, mandate is coming. Hashtag. Um, not going to get into that. I mean, we're just, that's something that we're just trying to avoid about it. Uh, yeah. Especially with that, we can get into a little bit of trouble with YouTube about it. Yeah. And thank you for the donation market. Don't want to, don't want to get ourselves in any kind of trouble with anyone up, up top and whatnot. But anyways, guys, with that, we're going to get out of here. Uh, on this wonderful Friday, by the way, I am so ready for the weekend. Thank you all for joining us on the Dub Valley Deep Divers podcast. You guys can find me on Twitter by finding me at Sanderson MHH. Click that follow button, guys. I'm spitting out some fire takes up there right now. And also for Eric at Eric Trickle, guys, while you're at it, follow the uh, the podcast account. Find out what we're talking about every single Friday at DVDD underscore pod. Also at Mile High Huddle. That's some other account where you're going to get breaking news and analysis, film breakdowns, and opinion articles on your Denver Broncos. Pretty much anything Broncos related, you're going to be able to find it at Mile High Huddle. Facebook users, make sure you guys go to facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Click that blue Become a Supporter button where you guys are going to get premium content like uh, Broncos Book Club, like uh, Kelberman's Corner that has hot takes that hold water, and also like the Trickle Zone, which Eric airs on uh, noon on mountain times on Saturdays. Eric, what's up on the trickles on this week? Well, as I said, I'm not really sure what it is. Probably <laughs> something either schedule related or roster related. Not sure at the moment. Probably won't be decided until just before I go live, actually, um, <laughs> as how it's been. But um, yeah, hey. definitely. And I'm definitely super excited as what we as things I've got planned going into the season. If NFL Network or if NFL.com fixes some stuff, might be able to get some game breakdowns, play breakdowns, stuff like that live nice. on Facebook supporter. So now's the time to go and uh, sign up for that. But of course, that's a little bit relying on NFL.com fixing their non-broken thing or thing that wasn't broken in Game Pass, trying to make it better. Oh, I'm still angry about that. Yeah, me too. I also have this sheet of paper that I'll take a picture of and send it to you because that actually might be some fun just for, I mean, a, a quick over and under kind of deal. Wyoming just passed sports betting, and I'm really looking into that. And there's some over under things that I want to get into. Uh, that was something I want to talk about a little bit tonight if we had the opportunity to, but we didn't regardless. Anyways, back to the matters of business here. Um, 
Guys, I'm rocking this Dove Valley Deep Diver uh, hat right now. There's a new Dove Valley Deep Diver shirt that, ha that has the hashtag state of being on the backside of that. There's a face mask. There is a coffee cup. There is anything to suit your fancy. If you guys want to get something like that, head on over to huddleuppod.com. That's the merch tent, guys. You're going to be able to find something to support every single show. MHI, you've got Building the Broncos. You've got the Huddle Up Podcast. Um, something to suit your – I think they actually have some coffee cups up there for, uh, for Broncos for breakfast. If not, they were working on that. I know that. Uh, anyways, guys, huddleuppod.com, that's a great way to show your support. And, guys, if you're not financially able to do so and you don't – or maybe that's just not your bag. I mean, you know, buying merch and stuff like that to support a podcast, not everybody – like, doesn't suit your fancy. I, I understand that. But what you should be doing, what you should all be doing is these three things. Subscribe, wherever you guys are watching, whether it's on YouTube, on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, regardless. Subscribe, like, or follow Mile High Huddle to like every video you guys see, especially on Facebook. Any video content that Eric Eric puts out amazing video content on the daily for the most part at the Mile High Huddle uh, YouTube page. So like every video you guys see. And if you love it, share it. Print it off, share it out, and if, uh, print it like flyers. Do whatever you got to do. Share it on uh, all your social media accounts. Share all of the content at Mile High Huddle because that is the easiest way we can get more eyeballs and more people that are like-minded Broncos fans like you and me and help grow our site in the most organic way possible. So subscribe, like, and share everywhere you guys are uh, at on social media. And, and we really appreciate that because without your guys' support, without everything that you guys do, we couldn't do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Now, with that, Eric. Before we get out of here, man, any last words? No, hopefully I'll see a lot of you guys tomorrow night or tomorrow morning, whenever, on either become on Facebook supporters and joining me for the Trickle Zone or tomorrow when I join Nick Kendall to step in for Luke Patterson for Mile High Insiders. Um, so make sure you guys tune in for that and for both of those, actually. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. And, uh, yeah, go Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, as Eric said, stay safe this weekend. Make sure you guys take care of yourselves. Have a great Labor Day weekend. We got a long, long weekend this weekend. Uh, Monday off for me as well. So uh, going to be able to watch some good football, college football on tonight. Uh, go North uh, Northern Colorado because I want to see the, the upset for just for sure, just because I can. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. I cannot wait to see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Again, thank you all for joining the Dove Valley Deep Divers. Y'all stay safe. Take care. Have a great weekend.